Welcome to Season 1, Episode 6 of Breathe, the podcast. I'm Trisha and I get to hang out with you for a little while, so thank you for tuning in. Um, You know, my goal in creating Breathe, the podcast, was to get some information out into the universe about mental health and how... You know, we're all going through a variety of different things. We have different challenges. We have different backgrounds. We have different experiences. And, you know, we're, we're just kind of all moving through this life together. And, um, and some of the messages uh, that a few of you have sent have been so individually special to my heart. And um, I, I just can't even can't even believe um, and am amazed at the way when you decide to do something that, you know, I'm going to start again. No, I'm not. I'm just going to keep going. (laughs) When you finally just take the leap and you do something that has been on your heart and on your mind for a long time and you think, you know what, now is the time. And you just embrace that and you take that bold, brave step, the world will hear it. You will make ripples. And um, it's just it's just amazing. So I, I say this to encourage those of you who are thinking, yeah, I've always wanted to do whatever that thing is. Fill in the blank. I'm just encouraging to you to fill in the blank. Whatever that is that's going to lift yourself and lift others, fill in the blank and just say yes and embrace it and do it and do it scared if you need to do it scared. Um, so today on today's episode in section one, segment one, we're going to talk about trauma, what it is, why it's such a, um, a buzzword and what does it mean? Um, and then in the second half of today's program, um, I want to talk about a therapy called EMDR. And many of you have heard this, especially if you've been around me for more than 10 minutes, I've probably talked about it. So um, we're going to delve into that a little bit. And of course, in the middle, we're going to take time out to breathe. So thank you again for joining me on Breathe the Podcast. Welcome to segment one, and today I want and sorry about that. I want to talk about trauma, um, and this has become what you know what some people are calling a buzzword recently. And all a buzzword is is a word that's getting a lot of recognition, right? It's it's something that we're using a lot more than we used to, and we're hearing about it a lot more. Um, than typical. Oh, so the definition, I've got to turn that down. I think that's what I need to do. That's what's happening. The definition for trauma from the Center for Addiction and Mental Health is the lasting emotional response that often results from living through a distressing event. Experiencing a traumatic event can harm a person's sense of safety sense of self, 
and their ability to regulate emotions and navigate relationships. So as you can imagine, each of us have different events in our world, in our life, that could cause trauma. Um, But the basic definition is not the event itself, but it's the lasting emotional response that often results. So it results from living through that distressing event. Let me put this in broad terms. We have all recently lived through a pandemic. There are a variety of us who have trauma responses and trauma reactions um, from that. And I'm going to give you um, just an example. I love this group of young people with so much uh, compassion. I have so much compassion for the group of students who were in their life between the ages of 15 and 25 when the pandemic happened, right? When they were in school and on Monday things were a little scary, we didn't know, but by Friday they were out of school and the doors were closed and locked and don't come back in. Um, They were those 23-year-olds who had just graduated college and were ready to launch into the career that they have spent potentially their entire life preparing for. And now the workplace is empty and they have no hope of or knowledge of when when they're going to be able to go to work. Um, So in my mind, this group of 15 to 25 during the first days of the pandemic were, you know, in a large percentage of them were definitely um, had the potential for trauma responses. And many did. I I had heard from teachers that something like 75% of their graduating students, graduating seniors, needed um, help mathematically, if you will, in order for them to graduate in those two years. Um, Things were challenging, very challenging. So, um, so number one, I just want to, again, if you know somebody who's in that age group, um, studies have shown that students that were high school students, young high school students, when the pandemic could be up to seven years delayed in relationships or knowledge because of the effects of um, the pandemic had on their mental health, okay? So would we, can we please start treating this group with some understanding instead of judgment? I'm just, I'm trying to throw it out there because A, I'm trying to get better at that. And, um, and I think we need to stop pointing fingers and saying, you know, hey, when are you going to get a job? How come, you're, how come your generation doesn't want to work or doesn't want to go to the workplace? And, and I can just say, as I look over it, it's because of fear. It's because of trauma. And so um, let, if we know better, we do better, right? So if we know better, let's try and encourage that group of young people and stand in the corner with them, right? And help them through. Um, but again, so that was just a side note of helping that, that group of young people. 
Um, but that is one place that we have globally experienced a potential setup for trauma in our lives. Um, there are so many other experiences that we've had. Uh, if we look at... <laughs> Okay, I'm laughing because I can see a few people that I know that may be listening to this and they're just going to laugh because I'm going to say these words simply and they're going to go, uh-huh, uh-huh, okay, I see where she's going. Um, so I'm giggling in advance of my friends. Um, but Maslow's hierarchy of needs, right, the foundational level is physiological needs. Breath, food, water, shelter, clothing, sleep. If you're not getting those, you're not set up for success, okay? The second level is safety and security. Health, employment, property, family, and social ability. In that is also just, are you feeling safe? Do you feel secure? Do you feel those things? That's just level two. If you're not feeling that, something has caused that traumatic response, right? You were not safe in childhood, and you now continuously act out of that same knowledge or belief or mindset, if you will, right? So always trying to make yourself safe. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> so um, those things are caused they, they cause trauma um on top of that statistics show roughly 50 percent of women and 10 percent of men have had some form of sexual assault in their life that's 50 to 60 percent of the people that we're just walking around with at some level and are experiencing trauma because of that. This isn't just a buzzword. Sadly, this is a result of things happening in our neighborhoods, things happening in the world, things happening when you walk out of your house down the street. This isn't a call to protect yourself and run back home. This is really bringing, my intention is to bring awareness to the fact that every single person you're in the grocery store with has a reason to have a trauma response. Whether you are experiencing anxiety you're experiencing some kind of a freeze response. Um, you know, I mean, there's so many more trauma responses than I have knowledge of. Um, but those are just a couple. Exhaustion, extreme tiredness can be a trauma response. Confusion. Um, I mean, there are, there are so many. I will share with you one of my experiences of um, an anxiety attack. It was the weirdest thing. I was going out 
for, um, <laughs> I have mild trauma every time, every, excuse me, mild, um, mild anxiety every time I go to a new restaurant. And I walked into this restaurant one time and was standing in line to get a sandwich. I had no clue. I had never been there before, had no idea really what I wanted or and how to order. So here's me trying to learn how to order it because there's always, you know, some kind of a something and way to do that. And I'm in this long line and it's a lunch rush. So there's probably 20 people in the store and the person behind the counter simply asks me what I want and I describe the sandwich to them and then they look at me like I am a whack job they repeat the number of the sandwich like 25 on blah 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 and I am inside just trembling now was there any reason for it no, except for that I didn't understand. I didn't get the the movement. I feel like, you know, George Costanza, no soup for you. It was that kind of a moment. But my inside was so upset. And I paid for the sandwich and I could not settle myself down. I actually, I literally just smushed the sandwich with my hands in the wrapping and I threw it into the garbage. I could not afford that $8 sandwich thrown away, but that's what I did because of the anxiety. And then I just sat in my car and was so upset. I still can't tell you exactly why other than I felt like I was walking into a very odd situation I did not understand. I didn't feel comfortable and in my own skin at that time. Um, there were probably a few other things that had happened surrounding it, but at that moment, um, that's what that's what the anxiety attack looked like for me. And I sat in my car, and that is one of the reasons that Breathe the Podcast is so important to me, because it helps me know that other people have gone through similar things. And I'm sharing these moments with you for the reason of knowing that you are in a community, right? We are in a community. And the more we hide these things from one another, the more traumatic they become because then we end up isolating. And isolation is not a healthy place. So if you're isolating because of a trauma experience, because you acted out of anxiety in a public place, and you feel embarrassed, please know, please, oh my goodness, that's only one of my stories, okay? I have plenty. Um, we can talk more. But everybody has something like that to a degree. We don't go around bragging about it, and that's not what this is. But to recognize you and I, I used to have a pastor who would say we live at the same address. A lot of the things that are going on in my home have gone on in yours, right? We're all in this world together. So let's be hopeful. Oh, here they go again. Let's be hopeful and helpful together. When we link arms, we are stronger. And uh, so thank you. Section one.
<laughs> segment one. Oh, no, segment one on, oh gosh, so many things. Okay, you know what? I'm going to stop right now and we are going to breathe together. So let's take time out today. And I looked up um, a new way to breathe for mindfulness. And I just kind of like to check these out just so that we can have some concepts, uh, something a little different. Sometimes one will work better for you, um, sometimes another. So this is the four, seven, eight breathing technique where you inhale for four seconds, hold the breath for seven seconds, and exhale for eight seconds. This says this breathing pattern aims to reduce anxiety and help people to get to sleep. So um, it's just a regulation of your breathing, especially, you know, I could have used this in that sandwich shop. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> That's what these are for, to help you in the times that you need them. Okay, so let's breathe in for four seconds. Three, four, hold for seven, four, five, six, seven, exhale for eight, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Okay, I just wanted to do one set. We're going to do another set. Breathe in for four, hold for seven, and exhale for eight. Ready? Inhale. Two, three, four. Hold. Two, three, four, five, six, seven. Exhale. Two, three, five, six, seven, eight. Mm. Take a couple of deep breaths. Think about your breathing and how your breath is breathing life into your body. Man, that's a good thought. That's a good, good thought. You can do that as many times as you need to. Pay attention. That is, you, uh, you know, be mindful about your homeostasis. <laughs> I'm just bragging, yes, because I just finished a really tough class. <laughs> on anatomy and physiology. And so I'm very grateful that I have made it through. Um, but just, yeah, just watch if you're feeling dizzy, something like that. Take your breath back to normal, please. And uh, don't overexert yourself. These breathing patterns are intended to help your body calm, relax, and normalize, stabilize. You know, if you're experiencing anxiety, you're having a difficult time getting to sleep, or you just need to slow yourself down because it's been one of those days where the phone has been off the hook, the dogs have needed everything, the emails are flying in, and there just isn't enough time for you. Um, so that's why we take this moment and we breathe. So thank you very much. Segment two, you knew it was coming. You knew that someday 
I was going to talk about EMDR. And I'm going to try and do that in just a way that you can understand what it is and how it works. Okay. So it stands for eye movement desensitization and reprocessing. It is a therapy that helps people to heal from sympt- symptoms and emotional distresses, often re- resulting from trauma. Okay, and so that's how this program folds together. Now, this therapy, again, very useful for um, reprocessing your brain, helping your brain to reprocess a traumatic event to enable you um, to cope through and live without so much uh, fear, freeze, right? All of the all of the responses or reactions uh, that often happen in your body when you have a moment like this. These, this therapy is um, was it's fairly new, but then so again is. Uh, psychology and and mind study and and emotion study these are all relatively new Um, there's not there's not really a whole lot in this world that's really old to be honest Um, but I can't explain how it happens and I don't know anybody who really can explain well how it works but I can read this and we can see um so, but what it what will happen is you will meet with a, a trained clinician, somebody who knows what to look for, how to look for it, how to help you walk through the experience. It doesn't last very long. EMDR is essentially a therapy that encourages eye movements or what they call bilateral stimulation, okay? Um, oftentimes it's a uh, eye movements going from left to right. The vividness, the the trauma, the experience that's associated, the emotion that's all associated with that moment, with those memories. Okay, and for I mean again, look, I'm just a I'm just a little girl on a farm here in the middle of Michigan, so I know nothing. <laughs> But what I know is that somehow this helps your brain to reprocess, right? And become desensitized, sure, desensitized to the huge emotion that is tied up with that event. And in doing so, it lessens your trauma response. It can be used and where they found the hugest benefit was in um, veterans, right, from the front line. So an example would be if there was uh, someone who has returned home after being on the front lines um, in a war situation, for example, and anytime, you know, a medical helicopter comes over, that sound triggers them and they immediately have some kind of a trauma response, whether it's, you know, whatever, whether it's just internal or external that they need to get into a safe place, right? Creating a safe space for yourself. Um, after, and I want to say it's, it's usually like 
three months of this therapy, um, that helicopter doesn't have anywhere near that effect on the person any longer. So it is benefits, uh, huge benefits. This therapy reduces that time possibly down to three months. So again, if you're with somebody who is trained, knowledgeable, concerned, wants to help you, uh, they can safely walk you through this experience. Um, let me say also with EMDR, what I there's a video you can watch on um, on YouTube, yeah, that can that gives you some insight. So of course, the first time I heard about it, I was like, okay, what is this hokey stuff? So if you're thinking hokey stuff, then you know we were in the same campground. Uh, <laughs> but what what it showed was um, there was a clinician and there was someone who was. Uh, I think I think they were in training or just just a teaching about you know enlightenment about what EMDR is, and um, so the for lack of a better phrase, let me just say the client and the clinician. Okay, so the client was in the chair and and remembered a time. Uh, well, her essential fear was she was afraid of the water. Okay, she has a fear of the water. And the clinician says, okay, what made you afraid? She remembered this time when she was a young girl and she was playing in a lake with her dad and her dad kind of somehow or another slipped on something or what have you and it put the client under the water when she was little and she remembers trying to breathe in and of course, you know, the, the water and then the, the feeling and fear of drowning and so on and so forth. And um, so the clinician takes her through several uh, stages of eye movement back and forth, pausing occasionally, asking some questions, having asking her to remember the situation a little more. And when it's done or as it goes through, the client recognizes that her dad had no intent of putting her under the water that was there wasn't any harm intended it was literally an accident wherein he also went under the water and was not able to rescue her like he normally would have creating an unsafe situation right and that caused her trauma to where she was afraid of the water matter of fact she had a hard time from my remembrance she had a hard time um even like Anything beyond a shower was just like too much water. Nope, I'll drink a glass, <laughs> but I'm not getting in a bathtub kind of a thing. Um, at the end of this session of EMDR, the lady, the client had said that she was um, going on a vacation with her family. And the thing she was most looking forward to was being able to swim with them because the trauma had been removed from her brain about this experience. And she felt very, like she could talk about going into water, which is something she hadn't talked about for years. It just scared her so much, just the thought of it. So um, just an example of a situation, moving something from trauma-induced, right, to to normalcy, so to say. And um, 
I'm probably not supposed to use the word normal, but you know what? I'm not licensed yet. I don't know anything yet. I'm still a student, so I'm going to use whatever word comes to mind, and hopefully it'll make sense for all of us. Um, but so if you are experiencing trauma, there are, um, I happen to know of at least three people who I highly recommend because I trust them, um, who can help you with EMDR, with your trauma therapy experience, um, and at least three, and I'm sure if I needed to, I could find more, no problem. I have the best, uh, I just know the best people in the world. And again, you're listening and you are one of them. Uh, so I hope this has been helpful today for you. We've talked about trauma. Um, I hope none of what has been said has been, um, you know, a, a trigger point for you or an issue. Please know that we're walking this world together. And I just want you to be aware that other people have experienced the same things or similar things. And, um, and we're just going to link arms and we're going to get through this. So if you need somebody to be a little more personal with you, um, you know, just kind of hold your hand and have that conversation. I would be glad to listen. I can listen. I learned it from Frazier. I'm listening. I can do that. Uh, but if you need help beyond that and you need someone that can um, really help you to reprocess that or, you know, just have the conversation. Because sometimes, sometimes we start therapy and it's really like this. Am I broken? Am I wrong? What's wrong with me? I, I am, this isn't normal. Am I the only one, right? And I want to let you know that you are normal. You're fine. Everything is going to be okay. Things are going to get better. And do you know what? There are days that I don't feel like things are going to get better. But enough people have told me and have shown me and I've seen so many things happen that even when I don't believe it, I say it. It's going to get better. This isn't all there is. It's going to get better. Friends, you're incredible. I appreciate you so much. I value you. I thank you for hanging in there. If you are experiencing a day, a tough day, a tough day, reach out. Reach out and, and let me know how I can stand by you. Okay. I appreciate you. I hope you have a wonderful week. And I look forward to seeing you or talking to you anyway next week. You are loved.